0: I'm not here to poke holes and suspended disbelief.
1: Anyway, they see some weird shit. They decide to make a baby.
0: Thou working merchant. Who gives a fuck? Well, you know, uh, I really like it here. Uh, it's kind of nice, and uh, it's not as cold as back home, and the soil is a lot better. So yeah, sure, I think we're gonna settle.
1: If I'm a peasant boy who grabs a sword out of a stone. Yeah. I'm able to open people up. You will, yeah. Anytime I hit them with it, right? Yeah. So my cleave landing will make me a cavalier.
0: Good day, sir. If Siskel thought it was empty headed plebeian trash, it was probably <laughs> really good groove on it.
1: <laughs> because cannibalism and murder. Pull back just a little bit and build walls to keep out the redheads. And he was told- authorial intent doesn't exist. Some people stand up and wipe their butts. Some people stay seated and wipe their butts. Like, it just... This is a Geek History of Time.
0: Where we connect nerdery to the real world. My name is Ed Blaylock. I'm a world history teacher here in Northern California with a side of English. And uh, this week, um, I finally had the opportunity to uh, do some cooking on the grill that I've talked about multiple times. Um, I actually got to cook steaks on a grill for the first time in going on four years. And um, the experience was transcendent, (laughs) Um, which I suppose labels me as uh, really quite the carnivore, but there you go. It was, it was amazing. It was everything I was hoping it would be and more. Um, and so the adventure of home ownership, uh, with all of its, uh, downsides does have its perks because I can do that again. So that's, that's what I've got going on. Who are you and what's going on in your life?
1: Well, I'm Damien Harmony. I am a Latin and drama teacher up here in Northern California. Uh, and my thing for this week, um, is it's funny every time I'm like, okay, got something good to tell. And then you, you hit me with something like out of left field and I'm like, I'm listening intently to that and it completely leaves my head. <laughs> um. So like I had so many questions for you, none of which yeah. I was interested enough to hear the answers for, but I was interested oh, enough okay. to ask the question for.
0: Him. Okay. So, <laughs> so I suppose that makes sense. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You know, All
1: I've, right. I've hit my students with that before I've always, I've, you know, I've, I've re- responded to them with, have you ever asked a question, but realized halfway through the answer that you don't care? And <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: oh yeah yeah <laughs> but, so many times yeah. yeah
1: um but yeah i mean uh, the 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 peaches have blossomed uh I've oh, got nice. beautiful peach blossoms all over my uh my trees uh and that's really nice um, that is we had the harvest uh oh yeah yeah last, yeah last week um and here's what i found out um there is some sort of scavenger creature that has made it so i every time i forget to go get them that night yeah it doesn't matter because it's feeding some local fauna however one of them was scared and dropped a donut on my neighbor's side of the fence my neighbor texted me he says hey man i know that your uh your kids probably meant well but please don't throw chocolate donuts over to our dog because it's bad for our dog and he's explaining to me why chocolate is uh, bad okay. for a dog and like yeah. Part of me is like, bitch, I know that chocolate is bad for a dog. You do not need to lecture me on this shit. Yeah. But I was like, oh, that wasn't my kids. Uh that was some sort of scavenger. And so then I had to okay. explain to him that we yeah. plant donuts and and it, like it just it doesn't explain it well. So no, it, uh, I'm sure it
0: wouldn't translate but particularly I, well. This
1: will be the last year it happens. My daughter is oh. on to me. She's a hundred percent on to me. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's... um Okay. Yeah. So there will be a, a discussion uh after next week as to the fact that I've been lying to them the whole time.
0: Okay. So,
1: yeah. So, families
0: have Santa Claus, you have a donut harvest.
1: I would still say that morally and ethically, the donut harvest is less harmful for the children than Santa Claus because the donuts go into the ground and come up from the ground, regardless of my children's behavior. And I don't have... Okay you know the okay. basil will tell on you and be a little snitch bitch um okay if... uh,
0: all right so i, I want to make very clear here <laughs> sure. that i'm 100% in 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 favor of uh uh, uh snitches snitches get stitches mm-hmm. and and we ain't we ain't inviting no fake creature into this house <laughs> no no i guess i no, can't come I... over for barbecue
1: all right cool that's fine no it's good
0: Oh, oh, are we telling on ourselves now? Finally. This is it's been been obvious for a long time. Yeah, well, you know, but but having you actually confess like that was really (laughs) thing. But yeah, no, I'm 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 not inviting no no goddamn Elf in, a, right. in my house like like that's that's a back and forth with my with my wife because she keeps yeah. saying well you know eventually he's going to hear about it from other kids at school and then we're going to have to be like and i will and i've told her and i will simply sit him down and i will say you do not invite supernatural beings into your home like right that. yeah that's no 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 there were there were the angels who sided with god there were the angels who sided with lucifer and then there were the third ones who didn't pick a side hmm and we're not letting any of those assholes into our house. <laughs> like that just ain't happening. Like we're sure. done. Sure. So. Very cool. Yeah. So, cool. yeah,
1: we're uh, that's uh, that, that'll that be the news uh, for for this week, because I okay. done forgot as soon as you started mentioning your states.
0: OK. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So speaking of, of credulity. Ah, yes. And and your daughter being a skeptic. Uh huh. Um, I want to know. Um, do you want to believe?
1: You know, I've thought about that uh a while. Like, I think if I could snap my fingers and make it so that I could believe without all of the knowing doubt that I have. Okay. So, like, if I could just Forrest Gump myself. Okay. Then. I think, which <laughs> nice. totally like I'm telling on myself all night tonight, like yeah. it, it basically I kind of just admitted that I think faith is is for the dumb, but <laughs> um, I don't actually think that. I might instinctively think that, but I don't, yeah. my practice think that. Yeah, no, I, I understand what you mean. <laughs> so, you know, there's certain prejudices. If I, you know, if you see a clown walking down the street, you're going to cross the street. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, and other people won't have that aversion. Uh, so, like, if I could believe fully and want, and 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 not, and and find a way to be okay with any questions that are asked, have that like that, you know, yeah. lean not on yeah, your own yeah. understanding, yeah. I think I'd be a much happier person. Okay, um, I can see that. All right. Yeah, but I'm I'm curious as to where this is gonna go because. Okay. Uh, well, the reason
0: the, the reason I ask that question is mm-hmm. because you mentioned, of course, you know, uh, your daughter being a skeptic i'm I'm not going to say becoming a skeptic she's growing into yes a a greater level of skepticism she she is a very logical individual and a and a thinky one which is going to be dangerous for you uh going forward yeah Yeah. yes this is true
1: because she's really tied to being smart
0: Oh, As part of her identity, yeah. so it's yeah. like, Ooh,
1: honey, you you absolutely need to pull back on that. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, but the reason the reason I ask that specific mm-hmm. question, mm-hmm. and and I'm not even really even necessarily talking about religious faith. Oh, okay. Um, but that was one of the taglines from a very well known uh, TV series that I'm going to be talking about tonight.
1: Alien um, Nation. Yeah.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Well, yeah. well played. No, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm talking about the X-Files. Oh, yeah. And one of the one of the uh, defining characteristics of the dynamic duo in that show mm-hmm. was uh, that Fox Mulder, who hated his first name and, and even forced his mother to call him just Mulder. Um, he, he was utterly credulous he believed all of it if aliens then ghosts like oh wow like he he was he was the king of woo he was also an oxford educated scholar and you know brilliantly intelligent had an incredibly creative mind we're not doing another arthur conan
1: doyle episode are
0: we not really oh okay okay um (laughs) but but when we when we get into actually talking about the series, we'll explain why he had actually good reason for being credulous, and then and then his partner mm-hmm. was uh, Dana Scully, who was who had an MD. She mm-hmm. was she was a doctor, um, and was thoroughly skeptical and thoroughly rational. Mm-hmm. And so part of the tension of the show was them. Being thrown into whatever batshit crazy case they faced, and him always immediately leaping to, well, with a couple of notable exceptions, leaping to aliens sure. uh, bigfoot, um, you know, he, he he at one point turned to a and photographer for evidence in a case, you know, this all that kind of stuff.
1: you know, I got a psychic you- phenomena. It so far sounds like an inversion of Sherlock Holmes.
0: There's an element of that. Yeah. And I don't think you could get the X-Files as it was without Sherlock Holmes. Right. But the point was not, the the emphasis was entirely different. Any, any show that has really leaned on Sherlock Holmes or, Mm -hmm. or has been an interpretation of Sherlock Holmes has leaned on, Oh, Hey, look at this brilliant individual, And like, you know, how amazing is this guy? Or, hey, let's check out how fucked up this guy is. Right. You know, and and this story was less about Mulder and more about Mulder's quest.
1: Okay. So if that makes sense. It does. It sounds like you've got a a starting template and then you immediately say, well, what if we gave you the negative version of that? Like old film negatives. Because now you have the doctor who is the more brainy one and the other one who is willing to believe things as they see them. Yes. Okay. Yes. He's,
0: he's the one, he's the one who's more heart than head. Right. And, and she's the coldly rational one, uh, which Chris Carter, the, the creator of the series specifically did as an inversion. He wanted to have uh, the, the male character be the uh, squishy, psychic, empathic, right. That goes against type because it, yeah, yeah because because it goes against type that was his goal okay so now the thing is um, the X Files is very much a product of the 90s mm. in in a host of ways and okay. I kind of want to get into um, I want to I want to talk about the X Files and so I opened with that question because I want to believe was a tagline because Mulder had a yeah. had a poster up in his office in the basement of the FBI um there was there was an image from i don't remember which uh ufo uh uh story sure with with the words i want to believe at the bottom at the bottom of the poster in big white block lettering
1: i see now i've never seen more than 15 minutes of an episode ever and really? i think i've seen yeah i think i've seen maybe two or three different episodes is 15 minutes like I there was one where he I think it might have been the very first one where he is guiding an investigation on something having to do with an escalator and he believes that it is the hoodoo magic Uh, thingy (laughs) and there's a guy that questions him and says, you know, you you really believe in this? He's like, that, does that change the investigation?
0: That is that is an episode out of the first series or oh, out okay. of the first season. Okay. Um, toward the end of the first season, tombs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favorite. Okay. Um, it's it's actually the, it's the second appearance of that monster of the week. Okay. Um, and, well, you know, it's been over twenty years. But spoilers, mm. um, Tooms the the character Tombs, is a is a mutant uh, who is also a serial killer uh, who will uh, periodically kill a number of people. Okay, and devour their livers, which is one of the one of the one of the clues that leads Mulder to to in his research figure out that this guy is is a mutant. Is that he will he will kill, I want to say it's five people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the victims all have their livers removed, and then the killer disappears for 30 years at a time. Wow. Okay. So this, and he's this, able this, to yeah. and he's able to get into places that make it seem impossible for a human to have gotten to these people.
1: Yeah, there's something about getting because it's because a he's able yeah.
0: he's 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 able to stretch himself out. Oh, okay and they do some really remarkable 90s era special effects showing him stretching himself to do sure, this. Sure. Um, and there's actually a great moment in the first half of the two parter. Uh, the reason, the reason they, they, uh, that Molter and Scully initially get called in to deal with, with tombs mm-hmm. before they know it's him is there's a murder case that one of Scully's friends from the FBI Academy wants to get her input on. And because Mulder is her partner, he gets pulled in. Okay. And um, Mulder is is, you know, scoping the scene out and, and helping out with with the investigation, looking at stuff. And one of the other FBI agents turns to Mulder and goes, Hey Mulder, is this one of those cases for your little green men? And without without batting an eyelash and totally deadpan, Mulder looks looks him right in the eye and says, Gray. Oh. <laughs> and the guy, and the guy blinks and says, What? And Mulder just again totally straight face says, "Reticulans are gray. They're not little green men. They're little right. gray men." Right. And he and he goes into and he, and he launches into a you know minute long you know explanation of this is why you're wrong and this is why you suck. And and just and the other guy is just like confronted by too much batshit crazy walks away. Right. And Scully kind of looks at Mulder and blinks at him and he says. Sometimes the millstone of humiliation around my neck is worth it just to mess with their heads. Okay. And that's, and it's one of the best lines out of the entire series.
1: So there's, there's another episode that I saw part of, and I saw like a non-consecutive 15 minutes, but basically there's a guy who's a psychic who tells Scully that he sees in the future that they'll be in bed and she'll be holding his hand. And she says, there's no way that'll actually ever happen. And then I went away and did whatever the fuck. And then I came back toward the end. I uh, Don't I think I was living with some other people? Like I was mm. between houses, and so okay. like you know, you you get out on the twenty fifth, and the new lease starts on the first. So what do you do for yeah. six days? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, very nice people. The Lipscombs, by the way, from from okay. Walnut Creek. Very of the Walnut Creek Lipscombs. Um, but uh, really kind folk turned over their house to me a couple different times, actually. Um. Before I came to live with producer George, I was okay. living with them. Um, just for a few days, but it was mm-hmm. it was an important few days. But anyway, uh, and then later on, she he's taken pills or something, and she she sits down on the bed where he's dying mm-hmm. and uh, or where he's dead, and she goes to grab the pills from his hand and you know, she's holding his hand. Mm-hmm and, and yeah. she
0: has that moment of, of realization I think
1: so like, or I did at least wait. or I don't you yeah. Know, yeah yeah so yeah I don't I don't remember okay. I mean, they were pushing a car and I think he was grimacing and somebody thought he thought it was funny and it was he saw a corpse underneath the mud and mm-hmm. I never got into the show I don't know why um,
0: I'm I'm well yeah okay it we'll, could, we'll, could
1: have been the night that it was on and I was always could working have been. Could yeah, have been, could yeah.
0: Could so so the the show leans really heavily on ufo mythology the mm-hmm. myth arc of the series is focused mainly on ufo mythology and okay. conspiracy and a and a fictional conspiracy theory based on the conspiracy theories or actually it's a fictional conspiracy. It's not just a theory in the show. It's really there. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and it's, it's kind of built around ideas out of multiple different conspiracy theories that have surrounded UFO lore. Mm -hmm. And so to really talk about what the show was and what the show meant um, and what it is that I think the show reflects about us as a as a nation and about you know the dominant american culture in the 90s we've got to go back to talking about the cold war okay so that sounds good all right so um the war ended world war ii okay i should say the war i say that like i'm a brit uh (laughs) world war two the great war uh the second great war uh ended in uh Nineteen forty-five, of course, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and at the end of that, um, the the entire global balance of power had undergone a really radical shift, and it wasn't even like necessarily where the balance uh, who 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 was powerful. What was important was before World War One, mm-hmm. uh, the power balance in the world had been multipolar. Okay, there had been multiple empires. Right, right. After World War One. It had been kind of largely largely unipolar, uh with with the British Empire really being, you know, the the main, you know, big big name on the block. And then after the war, the British Empire disintegrated. I was uh, gonna say all the empires.
1: All the empires were kind of on the wane. Yeah. And the United States wasn't accepting that it was the, the only dog with any strength like it kind of refused to
0: yeah there was there was a real hesitance to to accept that hey you know by the way we're we're the global hegemon now Mm -hmm. um and then after after world war ii the british empire disintegrated and now all of a sudden the balance of power has shifted uh really for the first time anybody can really point to clearly Mm -hmm. as being a bipolar one yeah. There was there was the United States on one side, which was heavily individualistic society. Okay, heavily individualist, heavily 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 capitalized society. Yeah. yeah. And the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics on the other, which was heavily collectivist. Yes. Okay. And also authoritarian but, you know, so I
1: mean so Previous to World War One, you did essentially have Britain and Germany as the acknowledged two biggest, but there was enough of a, a second tier that were still regional yeah. powers in the region that Britain and Germany were that yeah. they couldn't just be. Whereas here you have two different hemispheres.
0: Well, yeah, that's as, that's and yeah, that's ge- and
1: that's one of the I think the geography of that really matters because in in World War prior to World War One, I, I mean it really was britain and germany jockeying for position you know uh britain was was. the old guard germany was nipping at their heels and showing dominance on the continent um and you know it 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 wasn't as stark and clear as it was after world war ii but you did have those top two and then the others were a second tier but they were much closer like the amplitude was much much smaller
0: And I think I think what's what's important is after World War II, there really wasn't a second tier. Correct, like like in in terms like of
1: dying empires, being not yeah,
0: fading, yeah, dying, <laughs> yeah, crippled and and yeah. enfeebled empires. Yes. You know, no nobody was going to look at at De Gaulle's France and be like, oh yeah, they're a global power. No, right, like no. As as much as the Blackfeet like wanted to remain part of a French Empire, no, I'm sorry
1: right it It just
0: (laughs) don't it it isn't happening and as much as churchill believed that the disintegration of the british empire was going to be you know the death knell of western civilization um even he couldn't keep it alive right you know and so we have these two powers who immediately go about demonizing one another Mm -hmm. right and to be fair both sides, from their own point of view, kind of had reason to, you know. Firstly, literally everybody has tried to conquer Russia at some point in history, right? Like, like literally, fucking everybody has, has tried to invade Russia at some point in history. Um, and at the time of the Russian Civil War, uh, at at the end of or just after World War One, uh, Western powers had actively worked to to undo the Soviet I mean, to, to, you know, install. America sent loyalists. Marines over.
1: Yes. Like, yeah, I, every, everybody was trying to stop it. And, yeah. and then on top of that, like during world war two, they got invaded again. Yeah. Um, and th- it was their blood and bodies that brought, brought the Wehrmacht to a halt. Like it, it was, oh, yeah. it was the Soviet union and China that won the war in both theaters. everyone else sped it along yeah but it was their sacrifices
0: oh yeah and you know so so the Russians certainly had had reason or the Soviets certainly had reason to be to be paranoid at the time
1: Mm -hmm.
0: meanwhile on the other side Stalin was a rat bastard yes like there's there's no there's no sugarcoating the fact that Stalin was uh, a really shitty person really shitty individual yeah um, the Soviet state had had gone hardcore totalitarian
1: mm-hmm.
0: under under Len- starting under Lenin, and then and then under Stalin, it became a, you know a, a nightmare.
1: Oh, quite so. Yes,
0: and and both sides had or quickly got a hold of nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. So, cue global paranoia.
1: Right. right, and and you know, on the other side. Uh, you know, one of the one of the parts of the Great Migration that doesn't get mentioned enough is is the fleeing of Black Americans to the Soviet Union, where they were a courted, b respected, and and c like integrated as a vital part of the agricultural communities. Like the United States, yes, also had like not as totalitarian, but certainly was eating its children
0: yeah well i'm yeah. not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna yeah. i'm not gonna argue that you know um <clears throat> i'm not going to try to make the asinine argument that that racism was not a self-destructive trait in right. in you know the united states from you know day one right um and i will say that certainly there were a significant number of african americans who were um encouraged to to go to the ussr mm-hmm. Um, with with the promise of an anti-racist uh, civilization or mm-hmm. culture, uh, and who had technical knowledge and understanding that, that the Soviets needed, um, what I'm going to slightly quibble with is that there are stories from those people's children in the Soviet Union that mm-hmm. they did face racism from their neighbors when they got there.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'm not saying it was, it was a, uh, a a post racial utopia by any stretch, but it was attractive enough to get the fuck out. Oh, yeah. Um, And then, and that's just the domestic side, never mind the legal domestic side of no, your kids have to go to this other school. Oh, Um, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, and no, you can't fuck this person. Uh, and, 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 and then on top of that, Guatemala, Iran, like there was an exporting of, fascism
0: okay you're, you're getting ahead of me yeah.
1: okay you're Sorry. getting ahead
0: of me here that's Sorry. that's part of my thesis oh okay let me back that up All so right. so at this point i'm just setting the stage for why those foreign policy decisions were being made mm. yes yes by the people in the cia in the white house and, yeah. I, and i haven't gotten there yet because i first i need to talk about popular culture so we have global paranoia right? Yes. Yes. And this is where I need to start talking about UFO stories. Okay. Because during World War II we start hearing uh, UFO stories being widely disseminated in a way that really hadn't been possible before the invention of mass media. Um, Service members, uh, pilots, uh, in multiple different theaters, uh, referred to "foo fighters" and "Russian rockets," these objects that they saw in the sky that behaved really strangely, and these stories got circulated, you know, within within military circles, and then got you know disseminated outside the military.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, World War II was the first time that we saw aircraft flying at the high altitudes that they were at. Right for the length of time that they were. Mm-hmm. And because the world was a global phenomenon, these stories got spread farther. Like I said, it was, we now had mass media. And, and so these stories got passed on a scale that they yeah. would not have previously. Now in, in the ancient era uh, and in the medieval era in up through the Renaissance, strange things got sighted in the sky and people attributed them to sorcery witchcraft magic miracles Sign you know, they of God. They, yeah. they had yeah they they had they had religious explanations but now we have a public worldwide but especially in the united states that's obsessed with changing technology and the threat of nuclear annihilation and so now they're looking for different explanations yeah yeah so, and so when, when I talk about, you know, expansion of technology, uh, the USSR detonated their first nuclear weapon in
2: 1949,
0: mm-hmm.
1: RDS-1. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: of course, we'd had the Manhattan Project and Fat Man and Little Boy in 45. Right. Now, the arms race really takes off after 49 because now the Soviets have a functioning nuclear weapon. Mm-hmm. So... The U.S. detonated its first hydrogen bomb at Enowetok Atoll in 1952, yielding an explosion a thousand times more powerful than the Hiroshima bomb.
1: Which is mind-boggling.
0: Yeah, that's that's seven years after Fat Man and Little Boy. the, The explosion yield was a thousand times more powerful. The Soviets... Detonated their first thermonuclear weapon in 1953. Every test got bigger, right? And as the ability to build bigger bombs grew, so did the need to develop delivery platforms. Um, and I, I just want to mention here, Tsar Bomba, in 1961. I Have don't you know about this. I okay. I'm
1: not by that name, no.
0: Okay, Tsar Bomba. Uh, in 1961, uh, the Soviets uh, detonated a 50 megaton nuclear warhead. Now, depending on whose estimate you're looking at, it's somewhere between 50 and 58 megatons. What's this a is Megaton. On... Okay, a megaton is, so a kiloton is a thousand is is equivalent to a thousand tons so mega of TNT. Would be a megaton i want to say is 10,000 tons. Okay. So 50 times 10,000 tons of TNT.
1: So that's that's the explosive yield, not the actual yes. weight of this thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. N- nuclear weapons are always are always when they when they talk about megatons, kilotons, whatever, okay. the, that's that's a measurement of the explosive yield. Okay. So um, this Tsar Bomba is on record as being the largest nuclear detonation ever. To give you an idea of how devastating this was, first of all, the Soviets had not expected it to be that big. It was. It was. Oh, it, it, that's it,
1: comforting. It
0: it was horrifyingly successful.
1: I guess this um, is why we call them tests.
0: Yes, <laughs> the flare was okay. visible from a thousand kil- kilometers away.
1: It was okay. observed
0: in Norway, Greenland, and Alaska.
1: Where was it detonated? polar
0: effect. Way, way, way up north. Uh, hold on. So in Siberia, basically. Let me, uh, yeah, way, way. Okay. It was up at?
1: One of the on. territories that you could safely hold with one army and risk. Pretty much, yeah. Your uh, something
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, None of your cuts Hold on. Uh, uh, above the Sukhoi Nos Cape of Severny Island, Novaya Zemlia Um, so looking at a map here, that doesn't really tell me anything. It's so it's basically it's way up north on the yeah. Barents Sea. Oh, okay, okay. So I got you. Um, so it was, it was, it was visible. 1,000 kilometers away. Wow. Um, the explosion's nuclear mushroom cloud rose to a height of 67 kilometers. The blast wave circled mm-hmm. the globe three times. This is a measurable blast wave, which doesn't mean everybody on the planet felt it, but it meant oh. that they were able to measure the blast wave coming back around three times. The first one took wow. 36 hours and 27 minutes. It created a seismic wave in the Earth's crust that circled the globe three times. Wow. The atmospheric pressure wave resulting from the explosion was recorded three times in New Zealand. Glass shattered in windows 780 kilometers away from the explosion in a village on Dixon Island. Wow. Um, And radioactive contamination of the experimental field uh, oh is yeah, this the reason yeah, why we yeah. had
1: shitty milk and cows for a while in oregon
0: <laughs> that'd be a meaningful question i don't know
1: oh okay because um, i remember there was one that had that
0: yeah there was a village 55 kilometers away from ground zero mm-hmm. every building in the village was flattened
1: 55 kilometers away though.
0: 55 kilometers away Jeez. okay yeah. Uh, in in places hundreds of kilometers away, wooden houses were destroyed. Stone houses lost their roofs, windows, and doors. Radio communications. I mean, this this thing was incredible. Like,
1: yeah, way more successful yeah. than they'd hoped.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was terrifyingly successful. Wow. And and so at the same time, the United States was doing its own testing. Both sides were stockpiling massive arsenals of warheads all of which would be potentially launched into low earth orbit on rockets because Mm -hmm. at the same time that was going on, we have the space race happening. Right. And the space race actually started even before really the nuclear arms race in 1947, Stalin ordered the start of the Soviet ICBM program Mm -hmm. to counter perceived American advantages in terms of bomber capability, because at that point, we had, we had a bomb, the they fleet didn't
1: of, yet, right? And we had yeah. the fleet of bombers 247. Yeah, and we had just started, um, like on a fairly large commercial scale, um, selling uh, like not ice cream but frozen yogurt. Uh, mm-hmm. so our TCBY program was already light years ahead. So he was good, trying to catch up. Good day,
0: <laughs> yes that 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 hurt um (laughs) so we we had our pet nazi rocket scientists they had their pet nazi rocket scientists
1: thank you operation paperclip
0: yep and so both 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 sides pumped Mm -hmm. huge amounts of resources into rocket development Mm -hmm. because like we we had the bomb and What's better than a bomb is a bomb that you can launch from the other side of the planet right. without having to have anybody pilot a bomber, right? Mm-hmm. And so this led to huge strides in rocket technology being made in a very, very short period of time. And both countries turned this into a completely different kind of competition. They turned it into the space race. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> first, for PR reasons, this is, this isn't about weapons research. This is for exploration. We just we want to sure. we want to be the first ones on the moon. We want to be the first ones in orbit, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and and there's also again the military idea of well, you know, if we can get into orbit, whoever gets into orbit first has you know all has kinds the of strategic advantages, right? Right. So in 1957 the soviets in october succeeded they they reached a major milestone mm-hmm. by managing to get sputnik into orbit and keeping it there uh and they they got the first man-made satellite launched into a stable orbit right now what i what i found out in doing my research for this episode is uh the russians heard that von Braun was getting close And that he, he had a paper that he was going to be publishing or there was something he was going to be, I I lost the details between reading the, reading the facts and putting my notes down. But Hmm. basically they, they got word that Von Braun was very close to getting a satellite in orbit. Okay. And so the Russians intentionally pushed their launch forward to, to beat him.
1: We saw this with Oasis and Blur with their albums
0: yeah yeah so, yeah yeah, I mean, yeah same basically thing. same thing. same yeah. same same yeah yeah um and then what's what i what i also found funny about this was everything that the united states had done in rocketry and space anything up to that point mm-hmm. had not involved nasa because the national aeronautics and space administration was not even founded until after sputnik Oh wow! There was there was a perceived we're we're falling behind. Uh huh. We need to catch up. We need to form our own governmental. We can't just leave this to, you know, a bunch of different people in a bunch of different places in the Pentagon anymore. Right. We have to have this. This needs to be its own thing. And so they turned it into NASA uh, in order to devote more time and energy and money and centralize to U.S. It. efforts. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, and that would bring us ahead um, yeah. and keep us safe. So yeah. maybe this will be the thing that's going to save me.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't know how to get from there to You're My Wonder Wall, but nicely done.
1: Thank you. Well, so. that's in Berlin. <laughs> they, they decided to compete in a multiple different oh, ways. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's the the Berlin Wall. So,
0: well, you know uh, what? What I find uh, worthy of note here is that no matter yeah. how many manned missions we sent uh, up into space, nobody ever discovered a champagne supernova.
1: Also, so, true. Yeah. And that would so, have been in the sky.
0: So, it would have been. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> so then, from there, over the course of the 60s and into the 70s with uh mercury and then uh apollo and Mm -hmm. all of those programs in the u.s and then with with the soviet uh equivalent of those programs which if i'm remembering correctly the soviets just left everything up to their their military it was it was always under under the aegis of of the soviet army right um but the space race was a proxy war of sorts where every success that one side had was the opportunity to stand in front of the rest of the world going hey look hey look they haven't done this yet we're ahead we're winning and we're winning whose side do you want to be on
1: right and what's at stake there is honestly way of life like our culture is superior look what we did our Mm -hmm. culture and and so you see that happening and then you also see that playing out in the olympics
0: oh yeah oh, like you know way. yeah God.
1: like who's got the better drugs um yeah. but, <laughs> um but, yes. yes and and then it became like the olympics and it was the soviet union and her proxies it oh yeah the soviet union and east germany yeah. and it was the united states and, and Western, uh, yeah
0: and yeah
1: so Yeah, uh, like there were so many different ways and places the cultural war was playing out because in many ways you couldn't go to the nth degree on what you were doing with rocketry and bombing shit. Like you couldn't actually use them like you're going to kill the world and everybody knows it. (laughs) So how do you prove that you're superior without killing the other group? Well, we can throw things further you can throw things further like and it's just back and forth back and forth so there's you know it. which again i come back to the american uh the 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 american uh anti-black racism it's really weird because a lot of the athletes that proved american superiority were people that were held in an apartheid state in america yes (laughs) very strange yeah, but like, but you know that that's and and in many ways that's fairly irrelevant except that that would have been and was a Soviet argument for, no okay you beat us but here's how you did it you're not a superior culture look what you do you know and I mean yeah on some levels that was <laughs> Nixon and Khrushchev arguing at the kitchen debates. And they we were both
0: about we, we did a, a debate that came up, I think, in our last, I think I think our you're last right. episode yeah. because because we, we talked about how Nixon just kind of completely lost the plot. Like,
1: yeah, well, but you know, at, if you look at the core of the debate, it was they were both arguing the same point to prove different things, too. Yeah. Um, the Soviets were like, Yeah, you don't let your women be equals. And that's why you're lesser than us. And America was like, yeah, we don't let our women be equals. And that's why we're better than you. Because look at all this cool devices that we have. And the Soviets are like.
0: You know, it's funny. Um, yeah. This just reinforces that, that to any Soviet critic looking at uh, the first season of uh, Star Trek, the next generation, mm-hmm. uh, we told on ourselves with the Ferengi yes we did they clothe their females how obscene right you know. <laughs> uh, uh, that immediately occurred to me when you when you said that but yes mm-hmm. um and so you know the, the, we have we have this this period during which um everybody mm-hmm. and and particularly everybody in, in dominant US culture has been, uh, I don't want to say programmed, but that's the word that comes to mind has, has essentially been been in, indoctrinated, yeah. Um, yeah. in into this this idea that there's us and there's them. and they want us all dead. Mm-hmm. You know, they or or actually they don't want us dead, they want us enslaved. They want to, they want to take over and they want to institute their authoritarian regime they want to you know completely do away with the the freedoms that we have in our individualistic society and make everybody you know live under the dictatorship of the collective
1: yeah they want to take away our agency
0: yeah yeah um and and so what we then see is uh, you know, the space race is at the, at the forefront of public consciousness. We have this rapid march forward across all kinds of levels of technology. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we see the explosion of television as a medium in the 50s and into the 60s. Um, and we have all of this cultural tumult
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: in this same time period. And so there's this deep, deep, deep level of anxiety and some of it is internally directed some of it is externally directed and so we have technology at the forefront public consciousness everybody deeply anxious at the prospect of nuclear annihilation and combined that led to the ufo craze
2: okay yeah
0: okay now I mentioned that previously there had been, you know, there, there have been stories since forever of strange lights in the sky, phenomena people couldn't explain, you know. And right. in earlier eras, they'd all been attributed to witchcraft magic or religion.
1: Sure. Now it's weather balloons.
0: Yeah. So and and I'm I'm gonna be using a benchmark here that isn't Necessarily terribly scientific, but it's it works kind of for my purposes here. Um, between 1900 to 1947, okay, in the modern okay. you know, beginning of the 20th century, sure, sure, there are seven incidents of unidentified flying objects being spotted that are recognized as historically important by Wikipedia. Okay, okay, okay. Um, of those seven four occurred during World War II. Which is which is a period of very, very just, heightened, yeah. heightened anxiety and a whole lot of people being in the air at the same time. For the first time really yeah. in human history well, at and, really high altitude.
1: And lots of new tech. Yes. And a lot of more classified shit. Like you know, it, it and, yeah. and I mean I that see all that makes sense to me because you finally have planes that are made of metal, you finally yeah. have planes that have jet engines attached, you finally have you know stuff like that. Like it goes it goes like uh we're flying a hundred and something feet to we're shooting yeah. at each other with revolvers while taking pictures with you know really elongated uh camera mm-hmm. to you know it's still canvas and you're still maybe going 200 miles an hour oh, and then either. yeah you know <laughs> <Not> <laughs> but by the yeah. end you're getting close to that you know yeah. and then and then there's like this you know there's the interwar period and then suddenly shit's made of metal um you actually have to have masks cuz you're going up high enough um you're not just wearing silk scarves uh and worried about chafing you know you you've got suddenly you've got so much more plainness. You've got so much more mm-hmm. crude, weaponed, or crude—not as in you yeah. know, yeah, crude, but like you know, with men, crew. Yeah, men, um,
0: men whose men whose whole job is I am sitting in an airplane to operate a machine gun. Yeah,
1: you know, and and that's that's just the weaponry. Then you've got the technology of radio transmitters and things like that it's it's all so much more ubiquitous
0: yeah radio navigation yeah the beginnings In, of radio guided bombs and radar yeah
1: radar detection i mean all yep. that stuff you so you've got all these things going on um mm-hmm. and and there's a higher need for um classification be, yep. things being classified uh, so it makes perfect sense that you will literally see unidentified flying objects. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that they're you that they're, they're you know grays, mm-hmm. um, but it does mean that you can't identify it and shit that was fast. What the hell? Because you also have lots of engine work being done and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. all kinds of reasons why seven of those, did you say nine were
0: uh, four of those seven,
1: four of those seven. Were during World War II. That makes yeah. perfect sense to me. From a very logical Occam's razor, it's still people building machines. Kind of perspective. Yeah. Yep.
0: So then, between 1947 and 1948, mm-hmm. there were seven more incidents over the course of one year. Yeah. Between 1950 and 1974, there were 34. There were okay. there were 13 between 74 and 79 and 10 during the 1980s. And I, I kind of stopped counting after that because oh. my, my thesis, because my thesis deals Stops with the, the X 90s, files, yeah. which happens in 93.
1: I would have. And maybe this is the difference between you and me. I want it, I want to know how many there were since smartphones. Because I have a theory that it goes way the fuck down. Yep. Like there's an inverse relationship between police brutality and <laughs> UFOs. <laughs> it's it's the smartphone.
0: Yeah, I think I think I think you might be on to something there. Yeah. All right. So, so um and and I'm I'm gonna get into uh two very early UFO stories that that became uh central parts of the canon of mm-hmm. ufo culture okay
1: and, and in so doing does it become kind of um this is a standard part of every ufo story as well does it kind of generalize out like that somewhat okay
0: somewhat we're gonna i'll, I'll talk about it okay so in 1940 in june of 1947 all right. Now think about where we are again in terms of uh, the space race. Forty-seven is when Stalin has ordered the start of the Soviet ICBM program. Okay. Right. Uh, we we have the bomb. We know that the Soviets are working on trying to get the bomb. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> so in June of forty-seven, uh, Kenneth Arnold, a civil aviator, uh, mm-hmm. is a businessman flying his own aircraft. Uh, it might have been a rented aircraft. I'm not sure, but he was he was he was piloting a plane uh, in the southern part of Washington State on a business trip, flying from I think he was headed from to, to from Tacoma to Yakima, if I'm mm-hmm. remembering right. Mm-hmm. And he reports what is widely considered to be the oh, first UFO yep. sighting of the post-war era. Uh, he is the first person to coin the term. Well, he doesn't really coin the term flying saucer, but he describes the craft as saucer-shaped or a disc or behaving or behaving like saucers floating on water. Right. And he is the his his talking to the nationwide media mm-hmm. is the first time we hear somebody attributing the construction of these craft to extraterrestrials. Okay. In in print, he's the first person to say this is this is not from this world. Okay. Okay. And and it's important yeah. to note here that again, this is 47, and you know, the nascent modern mass media, his story got nationwide newspaper coverage. So this mm-hmm. his his story is one of the first ones that gets broadcast by right. newspapers to the entire country. Literally a month later, in July of forty-seven. Mm-hmm. You want to guess what what famous UFO event I'm going to refer to? July, July of 47.
1: forty-seven. World's Fair. Nope. Okay, hang on. Oh, oh, um, um, uh, New Mexico. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Uh, Roswell. Roswell. Roswell.
0: Yes. Um, early reports, uh, that there, was, there was some kind of disc-shaped object or a crashed mm-hmm. disc found in Roswell, New Mexico. Um, and <laughs> so the, the Air Force story was, as you referenced a little bit ago, that it was a weather balloon. Mm-hmm. Popular mythology took off from there. The Roswell crash has become a cornerstone of modern UFO culture. Right. Um, you know, there were aliens recovered, uh, you know, and they're hiding the bodies in Area 51. Sure. And been or keeping a Prisoner in Area involved. 51, a yeah. hangar. Yeah. All, all this kind of stuff. Declassified documents
2: mm-hmm.
0: have since revealed that the Air Force's story that it was a weather balloon was a clumsy attempt to cover up a classified uh, monitoring system it was it was actually it's, it's to me it's actually even more fascinating than it being a ufo it was a it was it was essentially a the same kind of balloon used for weather balloons
2: mm-hmm. but it was
0: an ultra high altitude you know metallic kind of balloon that was using microphones and radar sensors at stratospheric altitude
1: mm-hmm. in
0: order to try to monitor right soviet nuclear tests right from new mexico which again like, you like look at... how fucking awesome is that yeah you well, know, and the sensitivity and... of those microphones the sensors that they had to have going on it like holy shit that's cool but anyway yeah Go yeah
1: ahead. and and it's from you know the the fact that it's from new mexico is actually i mean number one pretty cool because of distance but number two keep an eye on the fact uh, as to how much nuclear based shit is happening out in those deserts. Oh yeah. Like, you know, uh, New Mexico. Oh really? Again, New Mexico. Isn't that where we tested nuclear stuff? You know, cause yeah. it's, it's flat. So, y- you know, your weather conditions are going to be pretty reliable in a desert and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's, oh, yeah. there's a lot of reasons for why that's, that's yep. advantageous to do there.
0: Definitely, So Okay, okay. And so, so and so, yeah. you know, that was part of what was called Operation Mogul. Was was the the Defense Department monitoring thing? Okay. So now, over the course of the 1950s, we see flying saucers now become ubiquitous in science fiction. Right. Um, the Day the Earth Stood Still. Yep. Um, War of the Worlds. War of the War of the Worlds. Yep. Um, Oh darn it! Ro- probably the robot's first first appearance. Um, forbidden oh, Planet. Forbidden oh, yeah, Planet. Yeah, yeah. The the craft that the Earthers travel in is is mm-hmm. essentially a flying saucer, right. uh, to serve man in yes. uh, uh, Twilight Zone. The, the the concept of the flying saucer becomes a trope all on its own.
1: Yeah, it does. It does.
0: In 1954, mm-hmm. the Unarius Academy of Science is founded in Southern California. It has been referred to as a cult.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what what I, I, it is it is most famous for in my own head is the uh, wife of the original founder. Uh, made frequent appearances very late at night on like public access channels <laughs> in in an outfit that reminded a lot of people of nothing so much as Glinda the Good Witch of the South <laughs> uh, from the Wizard of Oz nice. and and the Unarius Academy of Science uh, uh, science is is I, I think should be in scare quotes uh, kind of the same way that democratic should be in scare quotes. Uh, in front of you know Democratic People's Republic of Korea, right? You know, um, but uh, this this is a group uh, who had the idea of benevolent alien intelligences uh, having psychic contact with humanity as a central part of their teachings. And again, they're founded in 1954. I
1: feel like I touched on them in some of my research. God if I can remember what. Okay. Uh, I think it was when I was talking about cults. Uh probably. So yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I yeah. talked and about them a lot. So yeah, um. and
0: they're and and beliefs wise, they're kind of adjacent to the Heaven's Gate people. Right. But the Unarius Academy is, I mean, as far as I can figure, essentially benign.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, their leadership never behaved in a way that was domineering or controlling of their members, they're just kooky.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Now that was founded. What year? 54. 54. Okay. Now we're getting, you'd mentioned to serve man. We're getting close to the twilight zone, yes. which means we're also getting close to outer limits. So I'm, yes. I'm curious if you're going to be touching on the composition of alien bodies. Oh, I am. Okay. Okay. I'll
0: kind of sideways for that. Okay. Kind of sideways though. Okay. Because 1961. Yep is a very, very important year in UFO lore because that's the year of the Hill abduction.
1: Right, Betty Hill.
0: Betty and Barney Hill of New Hampshire assert that they were abducted by aliens in 1961. This is one of the earliest abduction stories. Mm -hmm. might be the first abduction story Mm -hmm. uh, in in modern UFO lore. Um, And again, their story becomes the prototype for a lot of other stuff that shows up in stories after it. Uh, Betty... In particular, uh, undergoing hypnosis, generates a map that appears to indicate the aliens were from Zeta Reticuli. <laughs> Reticulans. Right. Right? Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right back to Fox Mulder. Yeah. Okay. Or and flash yeah. forward a bunch yeah. of years to he's, Fox he's,
1: Yeah, that character's pulling on that mythology. Yes. 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 yes.
0: And Barney's description of the alien's eyes becomes canonical as the form for the grays. He described them as having wraparound eyes. The case got a whole lot of attention, including an appearance on a game show by Barney in 1966 to tell the truth. Uh huh. And James Earl Jones and Estelle Parson played the Hills in a TV movie in 1975. Now, I know what you're going to bring up here. Yep. Um, 1961, Alien with Wraparound Eyes Yep, shows up in an episode of
1: Outer Limits, The Bolero Shield.
0: Yes. Yes. Shows up in an episode of The Outer Limits just a couple of weeks before Uh the Hills abduction took place.
1: Right. Which, by the way, I'm just going to point out there's a movie many, many years later called The Hills Have Eyes and it just occurred to me how clever that is. (laughs) It has nothing to do with it. And yet that whole fucking title absolutely <laughs> comes back to this. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a coincidence. It's like when you have accidental etymologies that actually are not related. Like, you know, the word goose and moose or something like that, you know? Yeah. But yeah. But, but still, very funny. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, the, the Bolero shield uh, essentially puts into the public imagination... The very same description, which had changed by that point, if I recall correctly. Betty's original description was that they had, whose nose did she say they had? Like, she named a celebrity's (laughs) nose. Yeah, I don't remember. And that they were short, black, and furry. I think it was like Jimmy Durante or something
0: well she didn't i i the stories that i read didn't indicate didn't indicate short black and furry but they they did have pronounced noses yeah and there was a description of them wearing kind of military cadet-like uniforms yeah so yeah so that was that was
1: at the beginning and then this show comes out and then suddenly you know the, the description to me, the time is is Wampus. Like you've done the research, so uh, yeah. did the show come out before the abduction was supposed to have come out? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. So,
0: and and there is that that is that is one of the uh-huh. uh, very very popular or or that, that is that is one of one of the more commonly pointed to things right. in debunking theories.
1: Now she denied is, it up, down, and left and right. She's
0: well, like, see, I don't know see, what you're talking
1: about. the okay. limits. I never saw it.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. uh betty betty can deny it all she wants barney admitted that he might have seen the show
1: (laughs) i don't remember that part oh yeah and
0: and the wraparound eyes description comes from barney oh
1: well jesus okay yeah so yeah because she's she i i don't remember her ever saying okay yeah i did probably see that like she was like nope never saw it never saw it never saw it
0: An interesting theory, of course, uh, you know, anybody following along at home who's not independently, you know, knowledgeable about the Hill abduction will notice that I mentioned uh, the 75 TV movie starred James Earl Jones and an actress named Estelle Parsons. It should be pointed out uh, that Betty and Barney Hill were a biracial couple in 1961 in New Hampshire. Mm. One of the Theories regarding their entire one of the debunking theories regarding their entire experience was that it was something of a what's what's referred to in psychiatry as a fully à uh or a essentially a madness of two people, where where two people get caught up in each other's crazy. Oh, uh, so like have, mass it, it hysteria, kind of, but localized kind of, to two folks. Yeah, yeah, kind okay. of a, kind of a shared hallucination. Okay, or, or shared episode. Um, that was uh, brought on or induced from the stress of being a biracial couple in 1961 in New Hampshire. Um, the Hills consistently considered, you know, basically stated repeatedly that they found that theory to be uh, insulting. Mm-hmm. That their marriage was was a happy one. They loved each other very deeply, and that that was not that was not what was going on. Sure. You know, but that's. <sighs> Part of the uh, part of the part of the debunking, or, or part of the counter narrative to their story.
1: There's also the fact that hypnosis has never been a reliable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, there's yeah, there's that too. <laughs> when we did Batman, I spent a long time on the Val Kilmer, yeah, movie, yeah. and yeah. about implanted
0: memories and shit like that. Oh yeah, all of that. Yeah. In 1968. Mm-hmm. Um, for the purposes of the popularization of UFO lore mm-hmm. uh, a very important moment in in that history is the uh, writing and publishing of Chariots of the Gods by Erich von Däniken okay now are you familiar with von Däniken and his work
1: uh, he wrote Slaughterhouse-Five right
0: no that's that's Kurt Vonnegut
1: oh different okay yeah
0: very, very different. No, Von Donneken, um tried to assert, or he mm-hmm. argues, that, uh, let's see, the pyramids, the oh, Nazca Jesus. lines, the Moai of Easter Island, um, etc. Is people et of cetera. color
1: did. That was really kick-ass. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh okay. at, at Atlantis. I mean, it's not all people of color, white people okay. supposedly were behind okay. Atlantis, sure. but all of that was either built by aliens or by humans who learned how to do it from aliens.
1: Right. Cause how could they get such straight lines over such distances, et cetera, et, yeah. et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, you, right.
0: Yeah. How yeah. could they get such straight lines over such straight uh, over such long distances? How could they haul all of those blocks up there? Etc. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. You know. Never. Never mind the fact that we can actually look at the archaeological records and see. Oh, they learned how to do it because, you know, th- several centuries before the the Pyramid of Giza, they built. You know, the step pyramid. Right. Which, by the way, everybody built step pyramids because, as has been pointed out by smartasses on the internet, correctly it's the most efficient way to stack a whole bunch of rocks on top of each other in a way that they don't fall down. Right. Like it's. Like, it's, it's oh,
1: right. Right. Yeah. You know. It's like when people are like, how did the Romans build such big things? The first answer is of course, they kept enslaving Greeks. Uh, yeah. But the second
0: answer. <laughs> and everybody else.
1: But yeah. Yes, yes. But, but specifically for the math. Um, yeah. But the second answer was. Um, <laughs> you. <laughs> it really i mean it's it's true romans were biff tannin i mean they really were pretty much yeah um but uh the second answer is they built dirt mounds yeah and and stacked shit
0: they built a fucking ramp
1: yeah and and then then they they and then
0: they pushed it up away the dirt and then they and they pulled away the ramp you know it's it's an interesting it's an interesting uh kind of side note here talking Mm -hmm. about that that of course, uh, hero of Alexandria, came up with a steam engine mm-hmm. in the classical era, and nobody did anything with it. And we and we look at it if from a modern point of view, we look at it, we're like, why the fuck didn't you capitalize on the steam engine?
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: oh my god, imagine what could have happened in world history if they had capitalized on the steam engine. You want to know why they didn't capitalize on the steam engine? Too loud. No, they didn't fucking need it because they had slave labor.
1: Oh, Jesus. I mean, that's, I mean, the, the cotton gin yeah. continued slavery in America oh, long yeah. past, you know, but had the, had, it was on its way out too because it was yeah. getting in the way of shit economically yeah. mm-hmm. as an institution. Yep. So, yeah there, yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah. They didn't need the steam engine because wow. labor is ridiculously cheap. Jesus. We don't. We don't need the steam engine oh, because we can, just, we can just get five thousand guys to work on a job, right? Like, you know, have you, you seen know, the Eternals? I have not. Oh, I want to.
1: okay. There's this wonderful. I'll let you borrow the disc. Mm-hmm. Um, there's because I insist on having physical media of okay. of all the things because I don't trust streaming to always be there. Okay, fair. Um, but uh, the. Um, the really i mean he's a really cool character but his name is uh, Fastos which okay. hephaestus right yeah. and he is the mechanic he is the designer of of that's his thing right mm-hmm. and he's building a steam engine back during like ancient greek mesopotamian times mm-hmm. and they're like no th- this it's not that's too far ahead for them he's like fine here's a plow <laughs> they can break up the earth if they drag it And they're like, good, good. And he's like, God, my talents are wasted here. So it's actually his, his arc is, is a, a tragic and painful and then wonderful one. So, okay. Yeah. You'll like it. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, the the, the hills have eyes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And, and uh, along with, uh, you know, how could ancient people uh, have, have built this, uh, his uh, von Däniken's argument is also based on uh, there's ancient artwork that clearly depict astronauts and aliens. Oh my God! Because you know, if you look at the stone carvings and in, in the inside of Maya buildings, you can see you know what clearly is an astronaut sitting in a capsule. Uh, you know, with flames behind him, and and there's Jomon period Japanese artwork mm-hmm. uh, that that very clearly shows some kind of an alien being. Cause it's got, you know, a humanoid body and a weird insectoid looking kind of head, or maybe it's wearing a helmet yeah, I mean, that, you know, looks like an astronaut helmet. And so clearly that's, what's going on. I mean, it's, right. it's like, it's absolutely batshit crazy. It reminds too, me of, too, any,
1: it reminds me of the, the stupidity of early archeologists and anthropologists who saw the Venus sculptures. I think I mentioned this just recently. I don't know if it was on this podcast or another. Mm um where they would look at the venus sculpt you know what i'm talking about the venus sculptures uh
0: maybe. really go, outsized go
1: breasts really fat hips, oh yeah huge like, hips yeah yeah mm-hmm. like yeah yeah um okay. i'm gonna say grotesque because because the features are so exaggerated yes
0: in the in the literary sense of yes and okay. i
1: do not mean grotesque in any other way because yeah I
0: mean, look yeah.
1: at us yeah. um but um I and and the the archaeologists are like oh well clearly these are, these are fetish icons that men made to beat off to I mean it was basically their thesis and it held water for like 30 years as oh yeah these were erotic statues for men and then women finally got into the goddamn job and they yeah. looked at them and they're like no nah, this was this was like Maybe fertility stuff, but it's essentially it's it's self-portrait carving by pregnant women. Because if you look down when you're pregnant,
0: this is what it looks like.
1: Right. And it yeah. just went from like guys are jerking off to these to are you fucking idiots, like <laughs>
0: <sighs> Yeah, well they're celebrating you know,
1: pregnancy. All right. Yeah,
0: like this just- is yeah this this is this yeah. is why we need more diversity in academia yes <laughs> we'll yes stop. like we're done you know and 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 uh there's the recurring joke that anytime you see anybody uh say and uh this this here was for ritual purposes yeah you know what it is it's a dildo right I hate yeah. to break it to you but or mean, or Mr.
1: we Benedict. have to understand that the complexities of the language back then meant different things about friendships and it's like I want all the dicks in my butt <laughs> yeah you know and you're because like Roman Jesus Christ Roman <laughs> Roman graffiti is just I mean nothing's changed. <laughs> I'll put it that way. it looks just like middle school graffiti <laughs> so. Indiana. it was one of the things yeah. i was a little worried about when we went to pompeii when i took a bunch of students and i i explained to them ahead of time i'm like just so you know you might see a lot of dick mobiles uh or mobiles you know <laughs> yeah. like the, yeah. the the thing yeah. that the, the danglies um because there were a lot of those so yeah
0: just be uh, prepared
1: yeah next yeah. time i'll turn it into like a scavenger hunt for the
0: kids oh there you go yeah the way to do it so, <laughs> so, so all right i'm so it's all I'm, aliens yeah I'm I'm gonna say I think right here is a good kind of break point. Dick Mobiles, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I mean that's a note I want to end on. But I think I think Eric Von Daniken and, and and chariots of the gods is one of those inflection points in in popular culture. Yeah, where this became a thing, and and these ideas percolated throughout the the dominant western kind of pop culture
2: mm-hmm.
0: and kind of you know most everybody would be would be aware of of this kind of theory and of of, of this kind of stuff and um so i think i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna pause here mm-hmm. where we're talking about the explosion and and almost mainstreaming of of the ufo craze and ask you what is your takeaway right here?
1: Um, world War Two fucked everyone up emotionally and psychologically. They didn't have the tools to uh, address any of it, and so they got into some weird ass shit. All of which seemed to coalesce around their own lack of importance in their own world. You okay. had huge amounts of like naturalistic cult shit. Like when I did the um, the 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 guests we had the guest on for um, uh, the dark crystal. Um, We found a fuck ton of, of culty stuff and of like seances, channeling spirits um, and just getting out of this reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it was started by people that started uh, that, that went through world war II, like the, the Mm -hmm. modern Wicca thing, Um, not Wicca as people, know it but like the modern iteration of it so it is kind of as people know it but it's yeah. not how people know it that was started by a frogman from World War II in Britain I've been trying to track down his name ever since I found that because um, mm-hmm. I lost it damn it wow. um, but you know you, you have the founding of those kinds of things big time yeah. um, we talked about that with uh, the Punisher the episode that just aired mm-hmm. um, although as of this recording it will aired about a month ago um, but uh, we talked about it with the Punisher With uh, the guy who was the inspiration of it The one who wrote The Executioner Because then he went into how to challenge, channel, channel spirits
2: Yeah
1: so You've got that, you've got alien shit um, Really kicking in In the 1940s and 50s Again, at least there's some rational Explanation for why people went into that But I think at the end of it all You know, because there's so many more Fluke's in the air mm-hmm. um, But at the end of it all I, I really do think that um, World War II messed up an entire world's psyche and their own insignificance was was so painfully obvious that mm-hmm. they sought to explain it in in a, a variety of ways. I don't want to believe. I think at the end of the day I don't want to believe I don't okay I don't. yeah uh, apparently not uh, Fair but enough. yeah but I understand why they did it. I'm not going to look down my nose at people for, yeah. for wanting to believe and for wanting to feel like we're not alone mm-hmm. because they just went through a huge conflagration where like, we better not be alone. Cause we just try to kill each other all goddamn time and mm-hmm. we're getting better at it, you know? Like, yeah. So, so yeah, I think that, I think that collective trauma led to the willingness to believe. Ultimately. okay you I also start worked. to see a lot more fundamental versions of religions about you a do. generation later this is true
0: so simultaneously mm-hmm. um along with the ufo stuff there's also um like I, I couldn't really figure out how to tie this in in a way that didn't like blow like completely blow this up and make it so i wouldn't have something to actually present for like weeks because of all the stuff i'd have to go <laughs> off and look at but in the 1970s which mm-hmm. we haven't totally gotten to yet but sure you know von daniken is is kind of the i want to say the precursor kind of to it Mm -hmm. there's there's all this occult shit and all this Mm -hmm. uh like you know cryptid like bigfoot was had had his moment yeah in the 1970s so did db cooper
1: in the same area
0: Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) there's coincidence yeah Mm. i think so yes um but you know uh the loch ness monster the bermuda Mm. triangle oh yeah like the philadelphia
1: experiment gets
0: really popular this is this is true um and so and so all of all of this paranormal shit becomes Mm -hmm. a big deal in the 70s yeah and I think I can kind of touch on that a little bit more at the beginning of the next episode. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think I think there, there was definitely something going on in everybody's psyche related to helplessness.
1: Now, here's where it gets dangerous to me. All of that's true. I think all of that absolutely, and, and I understand the link between those things, I think pretty well there, leads to... Like you have to top the last guy, kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. and it leads to people um, falling into anti-Semitic conspiracy theory bullshit. Like it almost always gets there. Like you, you talk about reptile people. You know, it's it's anti-Semitic. You know,
0: people are always people are always waiting. There's always some asshole. Uh huh waiting for something to come along that he, that they can, that they can take and throw in that direction Yes, is, is, is kind of, I think what that is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but
1: also there's a, no, I, I, I think you're right. I think that's, that's, uh, I just don't want to put the blame just on some anonymous singular guy who goes yeah at just yeah, the right no, time. Yeah, yeah, no, no, there's a I, social, like there there is a I'm gonna use the word western to paint with a broad brush here, but there's a western um cultural thing, uh a social tendency toward specifically othering uh Jews mm-hmm. and and specifically yeah. tying because a lot of this alien shit gets back to that. A lot, a oh, yeah. lot of oh yeah, a lot of it huge does. amount of it does yeah Yeah, because anytime there's a conspiracy it it gets towards somebody's trying to control us and it gets right back to your protocols of the elders of
0: zion yeah which for some reason we can't seem to shake
1: right um so maybe that's one of the reasons that i'm so viscerally bothered by
0: (laughs) so viscerally no no fuck that
1: yeah this is dumb
0: this is they bullshit. were dumb they, they watched dumb. tv this was bad yeah. and yeah. they should feel bad <laughs> right. yeah yeah you know
1: um you know also probably you know unresolved trauma from my first marriage so <laughs> anyway <laughs> so <laughs>
0: so there you go yeah yeah, yeah. all a little right of column so, yeah, a that, little of column b yeah <laughs> yeah
1: a smidge of colon a column a and then the rest is the 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 very rational no this leads to some really dumb shit yeah so but yeah that's what i've gleaned so okay yeah cool cool.
0: so we'll pick up from here next episode yeah what what have you got to recommend to anybody
1: you know i i saw that they were banning mouse um, yeah, And I didn't even mean to get to this from here. Get there from yeah. here. You can't get there from here. But, but uh, you can. But yeah. So I'm going to say they were banning mouse. I believe in Tennessee. Uh, known for being super chill when it comes to uh, different ideas and yeah, and books. Yeah. And yep. uh, so they were banning it because it had the word damn in it. Um, so I immediately bought mouse one and Good. two. Uh, and that's going to be summer reading for my kids but not content with teaching my kids about the, the Holocaust um, over the summer. Uh, I also got the jungle uh, as a graphic novel. There's I, I found it years and years ago in our own school library back when those things existed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the jungle um, is uh, what I'm going to recommend specifically. I also recommend mouse. I really do. Um, so I'll, I'll recommend to the mouse, uh, mouse one and two by Art Spiegelman um, and also the jungle, uh, a graphic no- novel. Um, it is credited to Upton Sinclair, obviously, um, but uh, it was adapted and illustrated by Christina Gehrman or Gehrman G-E-H-R-M-A-N-N. Okay. Um, and my kid, that's going to be part of my kid's summer reading as well. So they're going to, William's going to catch up on March. Um, he finished they called us enemy julia read both uh because she stays up late and reads um but then they're both going to read mouse and they're both going to read the jungle she also read barefoot again um which her nightmares yeah but honestly it's told from the perspective of a kid her age so i was okay with that yeah that makes sense. so but anyway right. so that uh i'm going to recommend mouse one and two and i'm going to recommend uh the jungle the graphic novel by uh what did I say? Christina Carmon. Okay. So how about you? Works.
0: I'm going to recommend um, that anybody who hasn't done so uh, take a little bit of time, a couple of hours and watch at the very least, the first couple of episodes of the X-Files. Okay. Um, I'm, if you can't find them anywhere else, you can find them on YouTube. Ah, uh, the quality will probably not be that great, but but find them and watch them.
1: I bet you Tubi has them. Tubi has fucking almost,
0: everything. almost for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna strongly recommend watching the pilot and at least one other episode. Okay, just because what I've gone over right here is talking about the UFO craze, and then the X Files is kind of the '90s answer to the UFO craze and it is, it is so much an artifact of its time. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And for anybody who's listening to this show, who is, you know, significantly younger than you and me, um, there is so much in the X files that is a primer on what the nineties were, (laughs) you know? Um, And, and so I think as a historical artifact, um it's it's important and it's also just really really well done television okay so that's going to be my recommendation um i think for this week
1: cool well where can people find you on the social medias
0: i can be found on tiktok as mr underscore blaylock i can be found on uh twitter as eh blaylock And I can be found on Insta also as E.H. Blaylock. Uh, Where can you be found, sir? Uh,
1: You can find me on the Twitter and the Insta at Duh Harmony, two H's in the middle. And on the TikToks, I'm slinging puns left, right, and center. Uh, On Duh Harmony 1, still two H's in the middle. Um, Also, uh, depending on when this airs, April 1st, if you're in the Sacramento area, we're trying live again. You have to have all your shots. Uh, get all three uh ten dollars at the door show your proof of vaccination and booster um and come and see us uh at luna's um at 8 p.m on uh april the 1st this is cool. not a joke yeah so capital punishment was supposed to be back in january was supposed to be back in february was supposed to be back in march but uh omicron 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 well delta omicron omicron so I'm, I'm hopeful, but cautiously so, but, uh, telling y'all go, go check that out. So very cool. Yeah. So, all right. Well, for a geek history of time, I'm Damien Harmony.
0: And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling twenties.